Are you ready? Welcome to Radio Grognard, King Size, the OSR podcast with more stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. You know those other guys that your characters hang around with? Let's talk about that right after this. Okay, I was thinking about mulling over and pondering henchmen. For some reason, in the current state of people playing the current edition or whatever it is, they don't do that. They don't. They don't hire them. Or, or you know, they have you have henchmen, hirelings, assistants, uh, followers. You know, they all fall under to me the the generic title of henchman. But I don't ever see any player characters using any. Now, I understand when they're first starting out at like first level or something like that, maybe they don't have the resources to get henchmen. But there's always a way. The reason I bring these up is because in the earlier modules and adventures for the OSR earlier editions of, say, D&D or any other role-playing, uh, role-playing game, um, mainly class of level role-playing game, I see stuff like, if you look on the front of the module, it says, four levels, three to five. Okay, fine. You open it up, and you look, and it says something like, this is for eight, eight to ten third to fifth level characters. And you're going, whoa, wait a minute. How can how can this be for eight to ten characters when there's only like four or five of us? Um, so they get kind of, you know, the, the current players get kind of thrown off that way. And what they what they mean is, you know, you, you have your own party, but the module almost kind of expects you to have henchmen with you that help you, that help you explore, that help you fight, things like that. Now, now having henchmen and hirelings is a specific thing as far as like, you know, them in play. And it seems that there are specific guidelines in the rule books for these kind of characters because they're not player characters and you you cannot ask them to do certain things. They may do certain things, but you cannot ask them to do it. For one, if you don't have the wherewithal to give them a you know a steady wage to do this, they're going to expect a cut of whatever you find. And I I'm all for that, whether I'm a player or a GM, because it's only fair. It's all you know. You you want you get what you pay for, basically. Uh, you know, and you know, I have my characters. I've gone my player characters. I've gone so far as to have them write up contracts, not physical, but I mean, say I'm going to write a contract. Da, 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 okay, and they sign it, and that's the deal. You know, they get a cut of whatever you find. Now, saying that, that means that those who do get a cut little more active. To me, they're a little more active. Like you can pay, you know, you can pay a assistant or a henchman 
so many gold pieces a day or a week and just do it like that. But you've also got to remember, these are pretty much hired mercenary type characters. Okay? And they're not exactly the mercenary mercenary type characters, unless you hire those kind of characters, because those kind of characters will expect to fight with you in combat. The other ones don't. Because they, it says, the, the rules are pretty clear. It's like, they're not going to do your, basically they can't, they won't fight. They'll probably run away unless that, unless this is all part of the deal. Because basically the GM is, or the, the authors in the GM are saying, they're not going to fight your fights. They're not going to do the work for you. They will assist you in doing the work. Like the guy who watches the horses while you go in the dungeon. But they're not going to get up there on the front line. At best, they'll be they'll be uh, like I don't know, third wave. Uh, third, you know, they'd be like the second or third person behind you, and more like a wingman, more like a you know a lancer, things like that. Okay, that's fair. You know, if you want them to fight, and also if they the ones who don't fight, if they do fight, they're going to expect a bigger cut, either a bigger cut or some kind of compensation. Because they are not there to risk their lives. You, your character is. Because it was, the, it basically is your idea to go here. You're hiring me to do this or giving me a cut. Yeah. I, as a GM or as a player, would expect a henchman to contribute in battle. And in, in if, if, if they are getting a cut of the spoils. If they are hired, they'll, I'm going to leave that up to the individual NPC henchman. Okay? Okay, another question is, who runs the character? Now, I have no problem having a shortened character sheet or whatever or on, a, on an index card or something like that and hand it to the player. I said, okay, this is here. Um, George the henchman you get to run. And you know, I'll, what I will do is I will just have like basic stats there, maybe a, a couple of pieces of equipment, what weapon he, they have, what damage, and anything they, anything else they need, like armor class. And of course, hit points. And you can they can run them that way. And once again, I don't worry about stats so much as what they can do. And if you want to write down whatever skill specialties they have, if they're doing something else, that's fine. But all I'm worried about is how do they hit and how hard do they hit and how do they avoid being hit? Also, you might want to put movement in there too, just in case. And I let the player characters do that. I feel that the GM has enough, enough on his plate trying to manage the whole game without having to run NPCs in a combat situation. And I can, you know, as GM, you can always say, no, he wouldn't do that. Or no, that, that doesn't, that's not how it works. No, no. Because at the end of the day, they're still NPCs. It's just that, you know, you, they don't role play. Okay. They don't role play it. They just operate it. The, the henchman, I mean. So, you, I'm go ahead and give give the players give the players a henchman. I would I would not hesitate 
to hand them the henchman. Think of it as just, you know, like if they have a familiar or animal companion, same thing, or a horse or something. It's the same thing. They have minimal stats, and the character, the, the, the player gets to run, say, his faithful dog who goes into battle with it, whether he likes it or not and helps out in the fight, like biting the enemy or something like that. It's the same, it's the same thing. So that's just something you have to, you know, take into account when you have henchmen. So those are my general ideas about henchmen. Use them, if you will, or not use them. It makes no difference to me. I'm just trying to help. And also, I got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com or drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized. So as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program. I would thank you. And if you want to do a single donation, go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Gilbert Sars, Benjamin Brodell, and Jason from Morrow Project. Thank you very much. For other good podcasts, Dan Gregg's The Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin's Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton and the Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe's Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Larges, The Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. You got questions? You got comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. Tune in next time when Radio Grognard King Size is on the air. <laughs>